You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Up to date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. City is a jazz town through and through. Count Basie, Andy Kirk, Charlie Parker are just a few of the big names. But what about the women who put the city's swinging, bluesy style of jazz on the map? Joining us on to talk about some of Kansas City's female jazz luminaries, our executive director of the American Jazz Museum, Rashida Phillips. Rashida, welcome back. Good to have you here. Good to be here. Thanks. And also a mainstay of the contemporary Kansas City jazz scene is with us, that singer Ebony Fondren. Ebony, good to have you too. Good morning. Good to be here. Thank you so much. Has Kansas City's jazz scene historically been uh, a bit of a boys club, Rashida? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you think? Absolutely. But yeah. you know, I think Mary Lou Williams and folks shook that up, didn't they? Well, that was Mary Lou Williams we just listened to yeah. there, right? Yeah. She did shake it up, didn't she? Absolutely. Her talent was undeniable. You know, and after her work with Andy Kirk, when she got more into arranging and compositions, she really pushed the modern sound forward. So Mary's idea was more than an idea. It was a reality. Hmm. What's been your experience, Ebony? Well, it's funny. As a vocalist, you know, you work with a lot of male band leaders. Mine being Everett Devan was my mentor oh. for the longest time. But who he, just passed away a few years. Yeah, 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 several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but very instrumental for me. Um, but I did notice a lot. There's not a lot of female band leaders, you know, that kind of do that work. Why is that? I think a lot of it starts at the education level. You know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of young women, sometimes they go into a jazz program and they're not encouraged to play saxophone or, you know, some of the bigger instruments, bass or drums. Um, And so um, a lot of the influences for women in jazz, I believe, is on the vocal stage. Mm -hmm. You know, you have your Billies and Sarahs and Ellas, and those are women to look up, who who I looked up to. Those are the people, the mentors, if you will. Exactly. Yeah, the examples, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're saying maybe that paradigm needs to change going forward. I think so. I mean, I know several women educators and that run organizations in town that teach and are very adamant about making sure that young women know that it's very important to play an instrument and to to lead, to band lead. Why do you need to play an instrument to be a leader? Um, Why is there a I connection don't, there? Because I sing and I lead. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> but I was yeah. taught, you know, I was yeah. taught by someone who, who, um, let me know that it was okay. You know, he said, you're going to be up front. People are going to watch you and listen to you. And I just really took that to heart. And so, um, and now I lead my own band and, you know, and I get to create arrangements and things like that. And so that's really fun. And Rashida, this is one of the points of uh, jazz. What you're trying to do this month is emphasizing the role that women have played, maybe trying to change this paradigm around a little bit. 
Absolutely. You know, I started on piano and clarinet as a kid uh, and ventured towards voice myself, but I think it's always important to get that grounding and foundation, as Ebony mentioned. And at the Jazz Museum, you know, we celebrate the art of it all. We've got some some folks featured on our wall of fame, of course, some Kansas City luminaries, uh, as well as folks like Ella and other people that really contribute to the art. Now, there's um, always been women on the scene, hasn't there? Mm-hmm. I mean, she just mentioned several, uh, Ebony, but that goes back all the way to the beginning of the, of the history of jazz, mm-hmm. right? Yes, absolutely. Who, 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 who comes to mind as you look back over, over the years? Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I call them all the ladies who influenced me. I mean, starting as early as Julia Lee. Um, We're going to hear some of her music in a yes, little bit. Yeah. Um, which I just found a, a connection and an influence in songwriting that I didn't know was there. And it's just really funny. I feel like it's in the sort of fiber of the city mm-hmm. sometimes. And so in writing originals and listening to doing research and listening to her music, I was like, oh, we kind of have a little <laughs> a little similarity, not even knowing, which was really, you know, uh, very neat. Um all I bet the way. you'd like to sit down with her today and oh, chat a little bit. Oh, my gosh. Have How a, fun have a cup that of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we started this conversation playing Rollum by the great Mary Lou Williams Rashida. She's often credited as being one of the artists who solidified and maybe even introduced the Kansas City sound to the world. But she wasn't from here, was she? Tell us a little more about no, Mary Lou she was Williams. actually born in Atlanta, spent quite a bit of time in Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, you know, she was on the circuit as a really talented youngster, started playing piano as a young girl, really mm-hmm. sitting on her mother's lap. Yeah. And so she started traveling and touring and ran into a young man, you know, as it happens, mm-hmm. <laughs> followed him uh, down to Tennessee and then eventually up here to Kansas City in the late 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that, you know, for her, her husband at the time uh, was a saxophone player and in Kirk's band, um, you know, and then she got on those keys again and it's her talent is undeniable. So a bit of a boys club with Andy Kirk, but when they needed a sub for a piano player, they definitely found more than a sub uh, in Mary Lou Williams. Well, isn't there a great story about the most famous uh, jazz jam session in history taking place right down by 18th and Vine and the thing with Coleman Hawkins and I'm, I'm not sure who else was there, but they're this thing goes till four o'clock in the morning. The piano player gets tired and somebody r- runs across the street, and knocks on Mary Lou Williams window and says, come on over. We need some help That's to finish right. out this jam session. That's right. That cutting session <laughs> that where cutting they just session. yanked her out of sleep and yeah. you know, <laughs> knocked on the window and here she crawls out of bed and she's just jamming into the dawn. It. Yeah, it's a great story. Another early female jazz mus- musician is Julia Lee that uh, Ebony was talking about. An episode of KCUR's A People's History of Kansas City called Lee a trailblazer for black women in the business. You obviously agree, Ebony. Mm-hmm. How so? Bold, brazen. Bold, brazen, um, yeah. You know, just kind of was a little risque, uh-huh. sort of, you know, and just not afraid to have fun and be up front and say what she wanted to say. And, you know, and I like that. Risqué at a time when society wasn't really open to risqué, at least at least didn't say that it was. Right, so she introduced what they call the double entendre song, where this, <laughs> the hitting meanings. We're going to um. hear one of those, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about women in jazz, but really when you do that, much of the focus is on black women in jazz. How much of the genre and really all of American music owe to the contributions of black women, Rashida? 
Oh, gosh, it's in the roots in the soil in yeah, all of the right. migration up from the south uh-huh. uh, and from obviously across the sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of those influences coming out of African music, coming out of Congo Square, coming out of gospel and blues. And they all sort of synthesize there in jazz, which is the beauty of jazz, because it's kind of an amalgamation of it. Of it yeah. All. Ebony, you think so, too? I agree. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we've been talking about Julia Lee's uh, music. Let's listen to one of her most famous songs. This is King Size Papa, released back in 1948. I got a man that's more than eight foot tall. Four foot shoulders and that ain't all King size papa He's my king size papa I take the door off the hinges When my baby comes to call There's such a lot of him The way he grew Enough to last till 1992 King size papa He's my king size papa He's a real super daddy and he knows just what to do. No one can thrill me like my baby can. He's such an extraordinary man. King size papa. He's my king size papa. Never was nothing like him since the day the world began. You know, Ebony, you mentioned you're singing along with that song as she's going here in the studio because you know that music. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that her stuff was often perceived as being too raunchy for the area. I wonder why. Listen to that song. But in 1941, she was actually banned from playing in a popular Kansas City nightclub because of the content of her music. Was there a double standard going on back in the day? I mean, I would say so. I think, you know, women were held to a certain standard, be a lady, be polite, you know, kind of yeah. a thing. And, um, but I don't, I think the men vocalists of the time, I think it was just sort of that natural machismo thing. It was funny. It was joking, you know, but if a lady were to yes. do it, then it there was something, you know, something wrong with it. It was ladylike. Lo- it was a little bit, I would say. Yeah, yeah a little bit. A little bit. We'll be back in just a minute. You know, there are more female Kansas City jazz icons to talk about Rashida. Let's touch on Myra Taylor. Who was she? Oh, yeah. Myra Taylor was all the things. She's Mm -hmm. a vocalist. She's a dancer, a film, TV star, a fabulous person that that was a part of the wild women of Casey. And I do want to shout out uh, Rest in Peace of Geneva Price, who just just passed passed recently as well. Uh, But Myra was somebody who traveled the world. You know, her spirit was so big, her sound, her energy and talent was just so large that she found herself almost growing bigger than the city, but then coming home towards the end of her career. She wrote the song Dig It for Harlan Leonard, who then cheated her out of uh, royalties is this something you can relate to, uh, you know, Ebony working in the industry all these years later? I just l- recently got into sort of songwriting. Um, and so obviously, you know, when people share their talent, there's a risk of ideas being stolen. And I can't personally relate to that, but I can definitely understand how it can happen. Yeah. How did you get started in jazz to begin with, Ebony? What's your story? <laughs> 
Um, it's kind of a funny story. It was back in college, um, and I was in a relationship, and um, I had always been a singer, but jazz was just not the sort of avenue that I chose. Right. Um, and so I was seeing a person, and they would play music whenever we would hang out, and I was just very, it would just you know, got me going. I wanted to take a deep dive into what I was listening to. And actually, um, the particular records were Diana Krall. You mentioned, mm-hmm. um, you know, she's, I didn't know until I looked at her CD that she was a blonde woman from Canada. Huh. And so that in and of itself got me to thinking, I had no idea that she looked the way that she did, and but she sounded a certain way. And so I just wanted to find out all the information that I can find. And I just took a deep dive into the genre and the well, rest was history. What was it? What was it about the music that sort of just got into you? It was the bit? timber of her voice. It was the sultriness. It was the, mm-hmm. the, the, um, the timing and the, that's a mood. It puts you in a mood, you know, unlike maybe some other genres of music sometimes. Yeah. Do. I mean, I grew up listening to soul and gospel and uh, some contemporary jazz in my home. Um, and there might have been a little bit of Dinah Washington in there. But um, I don't know. I think I was just at a moment in life where I was open to receiving that particular yeah. style. Interesting. Yeah. Well, let's listen to some of Ebony Fondren's music. This is Ain't Nobody Like My Baby, and she's performing here with the Kansas City Jazz Orchestra. Ain't nobody like my baby He's my favorite guy Nobody like my baby. He's my favorite guy. He's got two big arms that'll hold me. Takes me to paradise. About six foot ten with skin so chocolate brown makes me weak in the knees, y'all. Every time it comes around, my man don't take no miss. He's from the east side of KC. He might be better than but he's I'm seeing a little connection in the lineage of Kansas City <laughs> women in jazz between you and Julia Lee there, Ebony. Am I seeing that right? A little bit, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> so she definitely has some influence on you, it sounds yes, like. Yes, yes. Who else has influenced you over the years? Um, you mentioned Diana Krall. Who else? Um, 
gosh, Nancy Wilson. Nancy Wilson, um, yeah. Just her style and her grace, but she was a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just did a show called Jazz, The Women Who Shaped Me, and I went through Julia Lee and Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughn, um, Etta James, right. just the Billie Holiday. There's just so many different dynamics of each woman that, you know, you just, when you're listening to and learning from, and there's just things that they've pulled from, you know, the hurt and the struggle, uh-huh. um, growing up through the civil rights and the Jim Crow era and just all of the things, drug abuse and broken homes. And you hear it in their music and it's just, you know, it's just so much influence there and you just can't help but, feel it you know well Rashida that's a pretty good list who else are some of the other female jazz artists in Kansas City that we should be talking about in this conversation oh gosh I always think about my good friend Lisa Henry uh-huh I'll talk about someone who's carrying the torch as well yeah uh, Miss Ida Mae Macbeth mm-hmm. uh, that unfortunately left us uh shortly a time ago and yeah. today we're recognizing her with services so thinking about a bluesy sassy sound mm-hmm. Ida certainly carried that as well that's her legacy, right? Absolutely. That's what she, she'll go down for. The American Jazz Museum is celebrating Women's History Month with uh, the event Believe in Women in Jazz. It's going to be this Saturday, uh, the 18th, coming up here. Tell us about it. Yeah, this Saturday from 6 until 7.30, we have a special reception that's really honoring some of these luminaries that we just mentioned, uh, women in jazz, and how much of an effect that they have on the creative music and the creative scene. Uh, And we've got a couple of our youngsters at our Kansas City Jazz Academy, uh, two young ladies that will be performing some original material and some of their own with Lisa Henry as their vocal teacher. Uh, And then we've got a wonderful concert at the end of it all with Artemis. And And Artemis has got some artists that are world-renowned. This is quite a group to... World-renowned artists. Renee Rosness, Ingrid Jensen, Alexa Tarantino. I mean, these are stars in their own right who have their own bands that they lead across the world but come together in this collective for these special opportunities to really push the music forward. So that concert starts uh, directly at 8 o'clock at the Gym Theater this Saturday as well. Boy, that sounds great. Uh, and for tickets, just go to the American Jazz Museum site? Go to Facebook. We've go got it Facebook. listed there. And, okay. and certainly you can find your way to tickets or tables you want to help sponsor us. We're going to go out and finish the show with Julia Lee's Snatch and Grab It, which tops the R&B charts in 1947 for 12 weeks. A little controversy here with this song, but people loved it. I want to thank Rashida Phillips, Executive Director of the American Jazz Museum. Ebony Fondren, Kansas City vocalist extraordinaire. Thank you both for coming on. So good to have you thank guys Thank you today. so much. Thank you. A pleasure to be here. And here's Julia Lee. Opportunity, opportunity. Is knocking at your door. Opportunity knocks but once and don't come back no more. Grab it in the night, grab it in the day, grab it right now, it'll get away. You better snatch and grab it. Snatch and grab it. Better snatch and grab it before it gets away. Grab it in the east, grab it in the west, grab it in the place where you hold it best. You better snatch and grab it, snatch and grab it, better snatch and grab it before it gets away.
on the right, grab it in the middle and hold it tight. Snatch and grab it. Snatch and grab it. Better snatch and grab it before it gets away. Up to Date is produced by Zach Wilson, Reginald David, Elizabeth Ruiz, Zach Perez, and Hannah Cole. Our intern is Claudia Brancart. Our announcer and engineer is Paul Nakatura. Our theme music is composed and performed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening. <laughs>